When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Takes a shot, runs into the box. Shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer tonight live on 92.9 Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Thanks for hanging out with me. Our weekly soccer show, we cover the game in Atlanta. We cover the game in the state of Georgia, all over the Southeast, the United States, and beyond. And we're going to hit all of those different things before this hour of soccer content is through for you. But we're going to start with Atlanta United because this is actually an edition of Atlanta Soccer Tonight coming from St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm down here for Atlanta United preseason stage two. The team will play two matches here in St. Pete tomorrow against Montreal and Saturday against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Two games into preseason already, a 1-1 draw on Saturday against Memphis 901 over in Athens at the University of Georgia. An incredible crowd turned up. An incredible crowd came out to our post-game show as well at Creature Comforts. Thank you to everybody who turned out and came up and said hi. A really entertaining match, a, a match with a lot of friction in it, a, a match that had kind of a different level of intensity than you might expect out of a preseason match, uh, even some ill tempers at times in this match. But one that that ultimately I think is a really beneficial one for Atlanta United because it's really hard to replicate that kind of a vibe, whether it's training, whether it's a typical preseason match. That game had an edge to it, and look, some of it comes down to Memphis having some players who used to play in Atlanta. Some of it comes down to the fact that Memphis beat Atlanta United in the Open Cup last year and Atlanta United players and coaches definitely remembered that. So the game had what felt like almost like an open cup kind of atmosphere to it. It maybe the early goal had something to do with it as well. Memphis got on the board in the third minute, a deflection fell to Knight to Pickering who scored the winner in the Open Cup last year, and and Pickering, the 19-year-old for Memphis from Birmingham, Alabama, gave them the lead, and they didn't bunker after that. That's not really Memphis 901's way. 
they were pinned back by Atlanta United. The first group for Atlanta, and it really wasn't a first team and a second team. It was literally one group of players and then another group of players. The first group of players for Atlanta United, about midway through the first half, took control and started to play the way that they wanted to play, building up out of the back, creating opportunities. They had eight corners in the first half, uh, double-digit shots in the first half, but couldn't find the breakthrough. And you know, give credit to Memphis in the way that they defended. Atlanta at times looked a little rusty. I think Bartos Slish, his first game with the team, um, his first you know minutes in an Atlanta United kit, but he hasn't even trained a whole lot with his new teammates, and it showed at times. I thought you saw his quality come through at times as well. Going to be a really fun addition with this team, but he's going to need some time, and that's what preseason is all about. Brooks Lennon spoke to the media after the match, and this is what he had to say about preseason and that idea that, look, it takes a little bit of time to get to where you want to get to. Yeah, we're just building. That's what preseason's all about is building fitness, uh, building relationships on and off the field. Uh, and I thought, you know, even though we, we tied today overall and, you know, we were, we were down 1-0 in, in the first half, I thought we created, you know, tons of great opportunities at goal from good movements, good runs, good passing. Um, so we're, we're uh, you know, content with how the game, game went. I, I wish it was a little bit more free-flowing. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of fouls. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fouls, a lot of stoppage, which you don't really want in a preseason game. Um, but hey, you gotta you gotta deal with um, you know what comes at you. That foul count uh, on Saturday got up to thirty, which is a lot in any match, but a crazy number for a preseason game kind of goes back to that edge that we started talking about here. It was a game that didn't feel like the first game of preseason for Memphis and the second for Atlanta United. Ultimately, though, just like Brooks Lennon said, this is a game that you've got to deal with and you've got to learn how to deal with, and it's good to get it you know, in your bag now and learn how to deal with opponents who going to be very physical, who are going to be very combative. They're going to be difficult to break down. You have to go through that as a group. You have to do that to build chemistry and to build togetherness in a group. Ronald Hernandez spoke to the media today, and he talked about how preseason can help create those things. Here's Ronald Hernandez from the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta training ground this morning. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a huge positive part of the preseason, and the new faces coming in the locker room, and we we try to make them uh, very welcome from the first day, uh, and to make it easier, you know, interact up and up and down, and then get to know each other uh, even more. That because we all know that it's gonna help in the pitch. It's Atlanta soccer tonight, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. That was Ronald Hernandez speaking about how this team is building that chemistry and coming together in preseason. Two games under their belts. The players have not played more than 45 minutes yet in a match. That's going to get tested tomorrow against Montreal. We'll talk about the format here in a minute. But you've seen a lot of different players get time so far. 
One of the big highlights of preseason for me this year has been some of the young players and how they have really shown out in these two matches and how they've shown out on the training pitch, according to Gonzalo Pineda. Here's Gonzalo speaking about how it feels for him to see those young players develop and shine at this stage of preseason. Yes, it's, it's a very good process for me. Uh, I, I say this all the time, kudos to all the guys in the academies. They, they do a great job, all the coaches, uh, Matt Lorley um, and everyone there. Um, I think Atlanta United has very good academies, very, very good. A lot of talented players, um, and we are happy to collaborate with them and integrate them as soon as we can to the first team and see the progression. So it's exciting to me having a lot of young, um, hungry players in the in the in the in the club that want to want an opportunity. And now they have to earn it, like today, like the other day against Birmingham. They have to go step by step, trying to earn minutes, trying to earn it, grind it a little bit, and then whenever I can, I can use them. And and the process is is very good. I think you're seeing guys earn those minutes right now. And and look, we don't get to see every training session with this group, but having the conversations that we've had with Gonzalo in preseason. He's been really impressed with how the young guys have not just made up the numbers in preseason, but have maybe increased the urgency at times, maybe increased the pace of things at times. Dax McCarty's talked about this as well with his first impressions of Atlanta. The young players are not just hanging around. They are there to try to earn time, to try to get more time, to try to get significant minutes. We saw... Tyler Wolf get significant minutes in, in 2023 and produce. We saw Jay Fortune do the same and produce. Two players who are kind of on that track for 2024 are Efrain Morales and, and Noah Cobb. Let's hear first from Efrain, who spoke to the media this morning. First about the Memphis match, and then I ask him a follow-up about the trip that the team is now on here in St. Petersburg. Here is Efrain Morales. Um, obviously, I'm not sure if you guys watched, but it was a bit of an aggressive game um, against our old coach. But I mean, it's that's that competition is good. I mean, it's realistic. I mean, I think we're obviously going to get that in in the season. Um, but I mean, like I said, we're all getting to know each other a little bit more, so it's good. Just taking steps. How important is the, the trip down to Florida in your mind to bring the group together? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, there's there's the soccer aspect of it, but the team bonding is a completely different is something completely different. That's probably just as important if not even more important i mean you can't play well together if you don't know each other well so hopefully hopefully we'll build a good relationship efrain has been on a homegrown deal first in 2020 when he joined atlanta united too and the first couple years of his time as a professional with the club had some injuries struggled to get on the field consistently the last two years he's played a lot of minutes with atlanta united too and he's kind of settled into the center back role. Now, he also, in the conversation this morning with the media, talked about how his previous time playing as a holding midfielder helps him on the ball. And that's really his strong suit that he brings to the back line is in that build-up play. But I've been so impressed with him defensively over these past couple of years and how that side of his game has continually improved. It feels like he he's one of those guys that is learning 
each game that he's on the pitch and making himself better and better and better. He made a mistake in the match in Athens. I uh, was a little slow to react to a ball, ended up cleaning it up, and he, that's a lesson. That's one of those things that you don't get to to take minutes off when you're playing at this level, and it's good for that to happen in preseason. I'm excited to see Efrain tomorrow against Montreal. I'm also excited to see Noah Cobb tomorrow. Cobb played some with the first team last year, and Noah... He's put big expectations on himself for 2024. This is Noah Cobb from after the Memphis match in Athens on Saturday. I mean, I'm just hoping to just try to build on what I what I kind of accomplished last year. I mean, I want to, you know, see, be getting consistent minutes, whether that's first team or second team, just always, always playing games and always making sure I'm ready that if I am playing with the second team, I'm playing, I'm getting my minutes, I'm right. seeing the action, so that way if I do get an opportunity with the first group, I'm ready to ready to play because I've been playing minutes, and I think, you know, I want to try to be in the U20 picture this year as much as possible, and then, yeah, just try to build on what I did last year. I'm so glad that Noah mentioned the U20 picture with the, the U.S. national team program. He would have been one of the youngest in this last U20 cycle, but I thought his performances earned him that opportunity. I think he would have helped that team. He needs to be a building block for this next U20 U.S. national team, and he's a guy who can be that player, I think, on the field, but also you're seeing an increased maturity level from Noah Cobb. It's it's really exciting to see his development along with Efrain Morales and many other players in this Atlanta United group coming all the way through the academy, through the second team, and now into the first team. You're going to see some of those guys tomorrow. You're going to see maybe a few more of them on Saturday. So tomorrow, 4 p.m., preseason match against Montreal. A little bit different format than we have seen so far this preseason. Two 60-minute halves or four 30-minute periods. The expectation is players will be getting to that 60-minute mark in terms of minutes that they can play at this stage and maintain the intensity that is needed. You could see a few players not play the full 60 as everybody's on a little bit different pathway in terms of how many minutes they have to give right now. It's all about building up to the opener in Columbus coming up here on the 24th of this month. Now, Saturday goes back to a normal 90-minute match. That's going to be a 3 p.m. kickoff against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Tomorrow, you'll be able to watch the match at atlutd.com slash live. On Saturday, you'll be able to listen on 92.9 The Game. Pre-game coverage starting at 2 p.m. with Abe Gordon and Garrett Chapman. Kickoff will be at 3 o'clock with myself and Mike Conti. And the full-time report with Abe and Garrett will follow the match. So a full radio presentation on Saturday. And also, you can watch that match with our broadcast audio used on atlutd.com slash live. Really excited to see what this team looks like over these next two games. You're going to get some training sessions in here in St. Pete as well. This is an important trip, and we'll start to see how it looks tomorrow and we'll really get a sense of how meaningful this trip has been so far on Saturday against the Rowdies. Now coming up next in five minutes, big announcement on Sunday. Atlanta is going to be a significant part of the 2026 FIFA World Cup. We'll talk about how significant right after this. You're listening to Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.
When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore from St. Petersburg, Florida. Atlanta United playing Montreal here in St. Pete tomorrow afternoon. You'll be able to watch that again on atlutd.com slash live. Something you'll be able to watch, hopefully, if you can get tickets, in person in a couple of years is a World Cup semifinal that's going to be played in Atlanta on July 15th, 2026. The big announcement was on Sunday when FIFA took about an hour of our time to unveil the World Cup schedule, at least as far as they can for 2026, with only three teams qualified, the three host teams. They didn't give away everything on Sunday, but they did give the basics of how this tournament is going to be structured. Remember, originally, it was going to be groups of three teams. That was next, and it is back to the traditional four-team groups. So more games than initially planned for the 2026 World Cup, which is a good thing for Atlanta because they're going to host eight matches in this World Cup, the second most of any city hosting games in this tournament. Dallas got nine games. Dallas didn't get the final, though. Talk about that here in a second. So in the group stage, Atlanta's going to have five matches starting on Monday, June 15th, 2026, with the 14th match of the tournament. They'll also close off the group stage with the last match of the round, at least by number right now, match 72. The kickoff times are not determined yet. Some of that will come down to how the draw comes out in late 2025. But they're going to get a game. Atlanta's going to get a game at the end of the group stage. So the final game for at least two of these teams in this group stage. And it could come down, as you saw in the last World Cup, it could come down to one of those teams advancing, one going home. Lots of drama in this tournament. Now, with the format, some third-place teams will advance to the round of 32 so I think the end of the group stage is going to have even more drama. And we saw how that played out in 2022. 
could be even more entertaining here in 2026. After the group stage, Atlanta will host a round of 32 match on July 1st, followed by a round of 16 match on July 7th. And in the big one, a World Cup semifinal, the second of the two semifinals, that's going to be played in Atlanta on July 15th. There was a lot of debate on where the final would be, where the semifinals would be, where the U.S. men's national team would be based, where the third place game would be based, and then down to quarterfinals and rounds of 16 and all of that. Atlanta getting eight games is huge. But getting one of the two semifinals, that's a big statement about how FIFA and the organizing committee and just maybe how the world sees Atlanta as a soccer city now. There's a very small number of cities worldwide that have hosted World Cup semifinals. Atlanta's going to get to join that elite group in 2026. And it's really cool to me to have the second of the semifinals. So we'll know who's in the final, who is waiting to see who comes out of Atlanta to get to that final. It's an amazing accomplishment for everybody involved in the bid, the, the stadium side of things, AMBSE, Arthur Blank, obviously, everybody with Atlanta United that's been involved in this, the city, the county, the state. I mean, you can get into all the different government agencies. This is a huge, huge deal. And I said it after the announcement on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days. And some people want to push back, and I get it. I said it's like having eight Super Bowls in about a month's time. Game one on June 15, last game in the tournament in Atlanta on July 15. The reason why I say it's like eight Super Bowls is these are going to be packed out stadiums. Every seat, every ticket will be accounted for no matter what the matchups are. Two, you're going to have lots of folks traveling to Atlanta to be part of these games. If they're fans of the teams, they're just fans of the game, whether we're talking about soccer fans from the Southeastern United States or soccer fans from South America. It's going to be a huge, huge deal for each one of these games. Each game is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to build to that semifinal. And don't think that it's just going to be, oh, they're just going to play a game and that's it. There's going to be fan festivals. There's going to be probably big public viewing parties of other games in the tournament. There's going to be a huge spectacle during this. You can compare it to the Olympics. You can compare it to eight Super Bowls. You can compare it to, to whatever you want. I don't know if any of those are actually going to match what this is going to be like in two years in our city when, once again, 30 years after the 1996 Olympics, Atlanta will be at the forefront of international sport. It's an amazing thing to be able to say, and it's going to be an amazing thing to experience here in a couple of years. You're listening to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. I'm Jason Longshore. 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey app. Let's get into the rest of the tournament because there were some other news out of all of this. Some cities are happy. Some cities are not as happy. Other major matches during the tournament. The Estadio Azteca, Mexico City. They're going to host the opening match of the tournament on June 11th. That stadium will become the first in the world to host matches in three different men's World Cups. 1970, 1986, and 2026. 
AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Fort Worth, or Arlington. Pick your, take your pick. They're going to host the other semifinal a day before Atlanta. That's on July 13th. And the or on July 14th. And the final will be on July 19th at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. They're going to announce it as New York, New Jersey. That doesn't really exist. It's going to be in New Jersey, East Rutherford, technically. But if you know FIFA and you've kind of read up on how things evolved in the preparation for the 1994 World Cup, it's not as big of a surprise that the final in this edition is going to be in the New York venue. FIFA wanted to be in one of two places in 1994. They wanted the final to either be in New York at Giant Stadium at the time or in Miami at what is now Hard Rock Stadium. At that time, it was Joe Robbie Stadium. FIFA knows New York and Miami better than other Atlanta cities. That's always been part of it. New York, major international city. Obviously, Miami, a major Latin American city. Those were the two that FIFA wanted in 94. They didn't get Miami at all because the Florida Marlins were an expansion team in Major League Baseball after the tournament had been awarded to the U.S., and they took over the stadium in the summer. So no opportunity to play there. The Orange Bowl was not a World Cup-worthy venue by that stage. So Miami didn't take part in the 1994 World Cup. Orlando got games instead. New York did. Giant Stadium hosted games. They got a semifinal. They had some big games in that stadium. But it took a ton of work, and not just literally on the stadium to make it a World Cup venue. It took a ton of work to get New Jersey and New York and all of those government agencies that I mentioned about Atlanta. It took so much work to get them on board to want to host a World Cup. They weren't on board at the beginning. 1994 World Cup, the the New York bid that came through first was at Aqueduct Racetrack, a horse racing track, to play games in the infield of the racetrack. That's real. That happened. It's crazy. So Giant Stadium came on late. They did get a good number of games, but they didn't get the final. So this time it came down to Dallas and it came down to New York. Dallas had everything going for it, except it's not New York. That's what it came down to. Say what you want. That's what it came down to. Dallas did get nine games, and there had been so much talk going into the weekend that Dallas was going to get the final. Maybe they should have gotten the final. But they didn't get it, so maybe some felt like it was a disappointment. It's not. Nobody nobody knew who was going to get the final. I don't know where the reporting came from that Dallas was going to get it. They got more games than anybody else. It's not a disappointment what Dallas is getting out of this World Cup. Each of the 11 cities that are hosting games are going to get at least six matches. One really cool one is Philadelphia is going to host a round of 16 game on July 4th. That is the nation's 250th anniversary. If somehow the U.S. men's national team plays in Philadelphia on July 4th, 250 years after the nation was founded, that's pretty crazy and pretty wild. And just saying, if it's U.S. and England on that day, that could be uh, one of the most ridiculous sporting events in worldwide history. Mexico and Canada are going to get 13 games apiece. Mexico is going to play two games. The Mexican national team is going to play two games at the Estadio Azteca, one in Guadalajara. Canada is going to play in both Toronto and Vancouver. Now, one key takeaway from this announcement 
the first two weeks of the group stage, it's going to feature four games per day. A lot of people thought when the expanded tournament was announced with four team groups that they were going to have to play five or six group stage games in a day, which would have meant that games would have happened at the same time before the last round of the group stage games. That's typical. Those games happen at the same time in the group. With only four games per day, you can space those out in those first two weeks of the group stage and have games in their own TV windows. That is really big. This tournament's going to be a little bit longer than most World Cups because of that and because of the sheer number of games. The ticketing process, it's still to be determined. You can sign up for a list to get information. Sales will likely begin sometime in 2025. Now, if you look at it, too, the way the, the tournament's laid out, from the quarterfinals on, most of the action is going to shift east. So you've got group stage games out west. The U.S. men's national team will be based on the west coast, for example. But it's going to shift to the semifinal in Dallas, semifinal in Atlanta, third place game in Miami, final in New York. The U.S. men's national team is looking at that as a way to rally the nation. They're going to play two games in Los Angeles. That's where their opener will be. One game in Seattle. They did not want to shift time zones in the group stage. That helps you. It helps you get your body acclimated. It helps avoid some travel. I mean, LA to Seattle is a pretty significant trip, but they're not going cross-country. You go back to 1994, they played in Detroit, then they played in Pasadena. You're not making those kind of trips. As the tournament goes on, if the U.S. advances, then they will come to the East, and that's something that they're pushing. Also, Greg Berhalter, as he spoke to the media afterwards, he said that the new national training facility in Trillith will be ready in time for the U.S. men's national team to use it in the lead-up to the tournament. And there's even some talk and rumor out there about a send-off game, the last U.S. game ahead of the tournament, being played in Atlanta. Stay tuned on all of that. There's going to be a whole lot of more announcements around the 2026 World Cup. And there's going to be a lot of talk that we'll have here on Atlanta Soccer tonight about the things that Atlanta as a city, Georgia as a state, the region, needs to do between now and 2026. That whole process is going to be as fascinating as the team building side of things. We'll be covering it on AST. But next, y'all know how this show ends by now. Three, four, three. Three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. It's the three, four, three in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four, three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Final segment, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, Tuesday, February 6th. Y'all know how the show ends by now. It's one of the fastest segments you're going to find. The 343. Three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about the game that I love so much. Let's start with number one on the local side. Atlanta United 2, preseason opener on Sunday. A 3-1 win over the Georgia Revolution in Marietta. First goal came from Alan Carlton. Two goals from Academy player Luke Hutzel. The next preseason game for the twos, that's going to be on Saturday against USL League One opponent Charlotte Independence. Excited for the twos schedule to drop on Thursday as well, along with the rest of the MLS Next Pro schedule. Number two, on the local side of things, the Georgia Impact. They announced that they have filed a letter of intent to join the WPSL's Pro Division in 2025. That's going to be a third division professional women's league. The Georgia Impact started their WPSL team last year. This summer upcoming will be their second season. And this is a big deal for WPSL. First, that they're launching a pro league. But second, the impact, that gives WPSL Pro the first club to join that has the fully integrated youth to pro pipeline. 4,000 youth players across all of the teams and programs with Georgia Impact. And this is a big deal and opens up a lot of doors for other clubs to look at WPSL Pro. Robert Roddy, the head coach of the Impact WPSL team, said, We're thrilled at Georgia Impact to announce the establishment of a new professional women's soccer team in Georgia. After a successful first year in WPSL, we've decided to expand into the new professional division, marking an exciting chapter for the sport 
for Georgia and our club as we look forward to showcasing the incredible talent and passion of our female athletes. On the WPSL side, the fact that the Impact have joined is also very important because that gives the the league six cities, six teams that have signed letters of intent to join the league. That gives them the minimum threshold for going after sanctioning as a third division professional women's soccer league. Good luck to WPSL Pro. Good luck to the Georgia Impact. Hopefully I'm going to get a chance to call some Impact games this summer. Looking forward to that. It was a lot of fun up in Canton last year. Number three on the local side, this is the first week of Georgia high school soccer's regular season. Some scores from tonight around the state. Peachtree Ridge, their girls won 3-2 at Parkview in overtime. Isabella Solis scored the winning goal. Their boys also won 4-2. Peachtree Ridge does the double over Parkview. Dominic Kosut scored twice in the boys' side of that win. Buford's girls, 6-0 winners over South Forsyth. Norcross's girls, a big 2-1 win on the road at Mill Creek. Gianna Vescovo scored the winning goal in that one. Mill Creek's boys got a little bit of revenge, a 2-1 win over Norcross, winning goal scored by Joshua Mendoza. Defending state champs Roswell on the girls' side, they lost 1-0 in their opener against Milton. Milton's boys also beat Roswell 2-0. North Gwinnett's girls, 2-0 winners over Sprayberry. Loganville's boys, 2-1 winners on the road over North Oconee. Collins Hill on the boys' side, 3-0 winners over Grayson. North Forsyth, two wins tonight over Heritage. The girls won 6-0, the boys won 4-1. McEachern's boys, a 2-2 draw with Tri-Cities. Calhoun's boys with one of the big results of the night, a 2-1 win over perennial state title contender Southeast Whitfield. Another big result, Johns Creek, their boys, 4-1 winners over 7A 2023 state runner-up Walton. And to round out some scores from around the state, Jeff Davis, their boys won 2-1 or lost 2-1 to Toombs County. The girls won 3-1. Four headlines from around the world. Let's go to the African Cup of Nations. The semifinals are tomorrow. First match at noon, Nigeria versus South Africa, followed up by the hosts, Ivory Coast versus DR Congo at 3 p.m. Some of the news going into these, Victor Osimhen, the African Footballer of the Year, he is a big doubt for Nigeria in the semifinal against South Africa. Did not fly with the squad. They beat Angola in the quarterfinals, but there is an issue, a stomach complaint, according to officials. Team Medics confirmed he's been placed under watch. If he's cleared, he was going to join the team before the end of the night. Have not seen an update on this. Nigeria have had success against South Africa. They have won their last three previous meetings at the AFCON tournament. The last time was 2019 in the quarterfinal in Cairo. Ivory Coast in the second game, they're actually favored after this crazy run of a tournament that they have been on. They fired their coach. They lost 4-0 to Equatorial Guinea, and now they're in the semifinal. They are at home. The fans have gotten behind them, and they should beat DR Congo in this one. It'd be one of the craziest turnarounds that I've ever seen in a tournament to have a coach get fired and then the team get to the final in a tournament that they are hosting. But it should be, if things run according to plan here, 
It should be Nigeria and Ivory Coast, which would be a big-time final in the African Cup of Nations. The Asian Cup, they're into the semifinals as well. This is number two on the headlines. And South Korea's tournament is done. Jordan upset South Korea 2-0 in their semifinal today. This was a huge, huge, huge result for Jordan. Maybe their biggest win ever. They're ranked 87th in the world. South Korea, 64 places above them in the FIFA rankings, and they couldn't get on the board against Jordan. Now, remember, South Korea has had to play 120 minutes in their last two games. They've made a habit of scoring late goals. They weren't able to do that here. Maybe heavy legs. They're going to play, Jordan will play either Iran or Qatar. Qatar's the defending champions. They're hosting the tournament that match will be played tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can watch it on Paramount+. Plus. South Korea had gotten the tag in this tournament of playing zombie football because they had always come back to life when they appeared dead. But that's kind of how they look today. They've scored goals after the 90th minute in four straight games. They got 120 minutes in in their last two. Jurgen Klinsmann, head coach of South Korea, Hasn't really been all that popular in South Korea. He did not offer to resign after the defeat. He's been questioned constantly throughout the tournament. He was questioned again here. As he was seen smiling at the end and shaking hands with everybody from Jordan. He said he's just congratulating them. It's a sign of respect. He said he's disappointed about the tournament. He's angry about the tournament, but he said he is not resigning. We'll see if he continues in charge of South Korea. It's the 3-4-3 on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore, and let's move to number three on the headlines. Some updates from around Major League Soccer. Let's start with Chicago. They have a new designated player, number nine. They have signed Hugo Kuypers from Belgian top flight side Ghent. Signed through the 2026 season, option for 2027. He's 26 years old. This is a club record transfer for the Chicago Fire. Reportedly $12 million, another $2 million in add-ons. That surpasses the $7.5 million Chicago paid two years ago to get Jardin Shakiri from Lyon. If this entire reported financial package for Hugo Kuyper's hits, he would be in the top five most expensive signings in Major League Soccer history. We'll see if he produces. Shakiri's needed somebody to bounce off of in Chicago. We'll see if Hugo Kuypers is the guy. One of MLS's greatest ever strikers has a new home. Somebody you know very, very well. Joseph Martinez is now a member of Club de Foot Montreal. They announced it today. It had been under uh, reporting for a little while now. Martinez was a free agent. He played for Inter-Miami last year. He signed through the 2024 season, so a one-year deal with an option for 2025. It's not a designated player deal, but it is a targeted allocation money deal. Joseph, at this stage, 30 years old, ninth most goals in MLS history with 105. Obviously, we know his time here in Atlanta, but he scored goals in Miami last year as well. He's going to be competing with a few different players, including Mason Toy for minutes up top for Montreal. And the question is just what Joseph has left in the tank at this point. We'll see. I don't know if we'll see him tomorrow with Montreal. He was in Montreal, I uh, believe, Sunday and possibly Monday. 
with everything going down with paperwork. I don't know if he has already gotten here to St. Petersburg. I don't know if he's going to factor in tomorrow. My guess is no, but we'll find out tomorrow. Again, Atlanta United and Montreal tomorrow at 4 o'clock, atlutd.com slash live. Last one on the MLS headlines, Duncan McGuire and the soap opera around his move to Blackburn Rovers. It's broken down now due to an administrative error. Blackburn announced that the deal was not approved by the English Football League due to the registration documents being submitted after the 11 p.m. transfer deadline. Reportedly, the reason why they were submitted after the transfer deadline is whoever was submitting them pressed save instead of press submit. We've all made that mistake at some point, right? Not with a player's you know, professional future or anything like that, I hope. Blackburn says everything had been signed, everything was done, but the administrative error, they weren't processed in time. They've appealed again. That case is going to be heard on Thursday. If it's not approved, McGuire has to come back to Orlando. And then Blackburn wants to get a deal to have him come in the summer, but does Orlando want to deal with Blackburn again? They've already reportedly moved on, and Orlando's reportedly adding Luis Muriel. What are they going to do with McGuire? Are they going to loan him out to somebody in MLS? I don't know. I think the best thing here, if they can prove that everything was signed ahead of time and they can apologize profusely, the best thing would be for McGuire's move to get approved by the Football League. I don't think there's anything going on here. There's no subterfuge going on here. It's not going to help anybody to deny this move over an administrative error. Get it done. Hopefully, the EFL board will allow it. Number four in the headlines, the Conmebol U23, the Olympic qualifying tournaments down to the final four, and there were some shock results in the first match day yesterday. Paraguay upset Brazil 1-0. Venezuela came back to draw Argentina in a match that finished 10 versus 9. Tiago Almada scored for Argentina. That made it 2-1. Venezuela leveled it in the 100th minute with their 10 against Argentina's 9. 10th minute of stoppage time. Venezuela made that 2-2. Thursday, Argentina plays Paraguay. Brazil plays Venezuela. Sunday, Paraguay plays Venezuela. And Argentina plays Brazil in a game that might decide which one of them goes to the Olympics. Quickly, three things that make me smile about the game that I love so much. Number one, Xabi Alonso, what he's doing with Bayer Leverkusen. They are 30 games unbeaten in all competitions this season. 3-2 comeback win over Stuttgart to get to the German Cup semifinals on Tuesday. This would be huge for Leverkusen if they can continue on this run. Their last trophy was the German Cup in 1993, and right now they could do the double. It's a wild run for Xabi Alonso and Leverkusen, but he's going to be in high demand at the end of the year. Liverpool's looking for a new manager. That's one of his former clubs. It's going to be really tough for Leverkusen to keep him. Hopefully, they get some trophies out of this amazing season, but that's a fun team to watch if you get the chance to see Bayer Leverkusen. Take it. Number two, the performance of Javier Armas so far in preseason for Atlanta United. He's on a contract with Atlanta United 2, the rookie out of Oregon State, developed in Spain at Deportivo La Coruña. So savvy on the ball, so comfortable on the ball. He plays like the prototypical Spanish central midfielder, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. His assist on Jamal Tiare's equalizer on Saturday, really impressive 
first-time ball out of the air to play it into the path of TRA. Javier Armas has been a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully we get to see him some more in preseason for Atlanta United, and then we'll get to see him with Atlanta United 2 in MLS Next Pro. And number three, look, my hometown, our city, Atlanta, is going to host a World Cup semifinal. That's still crazy to say. I didn't think, I mean, I had a pretty good idea that Atlanta could get this. I actually predicted that it would. I didn't think I would get emotional about it. Kind of did a little bit on Sunday. One of the biggest games in the world is going to be played in our city, in our stadium, in 2026. Cannot wait for that. Can't wait for all the games, but that game especially. Cannot wait. And again, congrats to everybody involved in making that happen. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Again, preseason action tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Atlanta United and Montreal. Watch on the club's website and their social media channels. We'll be back on Saturday, 3 o'clock, against the Tampa Bay Rowdies on 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey app, and Atlanta soccer tonight, back in Atlanta next Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Adios, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.